0: ladies and gentlemen welcome to the evening jumps uh a little brief funny thing before we start this when like you know i do this on the laptop just hold the microphone but when you hit uh go live under the interface um it says take a deep breath and it gives you like this five second countdown and i'm like take a deep breath bruh i'm on my laptop like, if this was something that was high pressure, please believe I'd be doing it with a bit more of a sophisticated camera situation than, than what we got going here. No disrespect to y'all, but I would be using something far more significant than this little platform if I needed to be nervous before I got on here. You know. Or am I speaking from the you know privilege of like doing TV? Maybe that's it. I don't know. Anyway, hey, man, how cold is it where you live? I don't even know where y'all live, but how cold is it where you live? Now, you know me. I I resolved after I like did that Miami thing and sent y'all all them pictures and stuff like that from the balcony. Y'all be freezing y'all asses off. I told y'all I wasn't going to do that. Like, you know, now that I live here, I was just going to, you know, this is what it was. I was going to do it. I just going to be, it. you know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't going to be that guy. I wasn't going to do it. And I'm still not going to be that guy. I am not. I'm just gonna tell you, bruh. What I really hadn't done the math on is these days where it's kind of cold when you go to work, and it's cold as hell when you walk out of there. Man, this number keeps falling so fast, it's down to 17, man. Let me tell you what happened today. I I mean I and logically this sort of thing should happen, right? It happens with rain. So I was I went to work, I left work. I got about five minute walk to the train. I probably got about thirty minutes on the train. Then I got like five minutes off the train. Right? Kinda how it goes. I got on the train. It was a little windy, but wasn't such a thing. I had that goose on. I was good. I get on the train. No big deal. I get off the train. I'm in a snow globe. Like just straight up in a snow globe. The snow on the ground. I didn't even know it was that cold. You know what I'm saying? I come inside, it stopped. It was so wild, man. It was so wild. Like I feel like when the folks from up north come down south I'm talking about how's it raining on one side of the street and not the other. Which honestly, as a concept Isn't that complex unless it's raining all over the world. The rain going to have to stop somewhere anyway. Um, yeah, bro. That was wild. It was real wild. It's, 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 it's like, again, no one has given me the answer on this. How cold does it have to get before I can wear a ski mask and not feel as though I will be shot. By the police. How cold must it be? It's a relevant question. Okay? Let me pull up my weather app and see what the hell I gotta do something with. Let's let's see what this is. Okay. And dude said, how cold is too cold for the police? One of y'all the police. It ain't going nowhere. It ain't somebody the police. One of y'all police, one of of y'all know. Bruh. It is currently nine degrees, and they say it feel like minus seven. Did you hear what I said? It feel like minus seven. At its worst, it's supposed to feel like minus 11. When I got to leave for work tomorrow, it's probably going to feel like something in the neighborhood of minus six. And I will be honest with you. I understand the technical specifications and why the weather report looked the way it do and why they put things the way they do and that the temperature is the temperature is the temperature. Don't none of us care what the actual temperature is. We're not in this thing trying to cook nothing. We don't need to know what the temperature is. We need to know what it feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Keep your temperature. Al Roker. I don't need that. Tell me what it feel like. I don't need to know how much money I got. Tell me how much I can buy. Yeah. That's right. That's, in fact, probably what the real analogy is here, right? Like, you come to New York. Say you make $100,000 working in New York. Okay? You got $100,000 but it don't feel like no $100,000. Not if you've ever had $100,000 anywhere else. That's right. Get the temperature. Tell me what it felt like. And honestly, man, I don't even feel right. Oh, this dude says 100K in New York is a crappy home except for upstate. Robinson, what home are you getting in New York for $100,000? Dead ass, like what? Like seriously, crappy home? What home? Oh, he's saying if you make a hundred, if you make a hundred thousand dollars, that you can get a crappy home in New York. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you don't necessarily get a crappy apartment, but it ain't gonna be a great one. No, I tell you this, I don't even feel right talking about the cold here, man. I got a partner that's in Kansas. And I hit him, and I was like, yo, how cold is it? I was like, don't tell me the number. Tell me how it feels. And he said, actually, in Kansas, it wasn't so bad. But he said, in Siberia." <laughs> and that was the first time I'd ever heard anybody call Chicago Siberia. That's real. Like, I understand why y'all found Shiberia to be offensive. But Siberia seemed like it's pretty accurate. It's like 50-something degrees below zero on the feel-like and feel-like the only thing that matter. Because, again, this ain't no oven. Southside, what it feel like. But man, Jeremy said, my boy, Kansas is Kansas lying. Hey, man, I just asked him. Damn. We got somebody talking about minus 56. That's the feel-like, right? What does minus 56 feel like? Like, I need somebody to explain that to me because I don't fully understand. I'm assuming that they do some sort of mathematical calculation in order to get what the wind chill is and then to give you that feel like. And they say it feel like minus 56. OK, but what that feel like. It's like I told my homeboy, don't give me the number. Tell me what it feel like. Don't tell me the wind chill. Tell me what it feel like. What minus 56 feel like. Anybody got an answer? So I can't imagine it like what I've been feeling is colder than I've ever felt. And I would be honest with you again. It ain't like killing me what the level of cold is. And again, that's because I experienced coat privilege. I got into a little bit of a, I wouldn't say a Twitter spat per se, but I was on the Twitter and some dude was like all you people talk about wearing your Canada, paying $800 for your Canada goose. Just go stand outside. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I could handle the outside. If I did have to deal with the wind in my face, I put that goose on. I think I got like $800 goose. I put that goose on. I can handle it. Like I really could. It's a great coat in that regard. Uh, I just feel like that was a broke motherfucker over there, right? I do. Because again, as we have talked about this many times, if there's something to spend $800 on, it's a coat. It is a portable heater, It is a heater for the place where you can't bring a heater. If you don't have $800 to spend on a coat, and I recognize $800 is a lot of money spent on a coat. But look, if you don't have $800 to spend on a coat, I understand. I get it. I'm not knocking you for the fact that you don't have it. I'm just telling you. You're like, not no coat be worth $800? Think about this for a second there was probably also a time in your life where somebody suggested to you that you spend $1,000 on a mattress and you were like, why, could I, why would I do that when I could get a mattress for $500? Y'all remember them days? In fact, let's, let me ask this question. Chat room, y'all help me out with this because I've been down this road myself. I feel like I'm not the only person that's been down this road. You know what I'm talking about here. Um, the day that you realize that there were mattresses that cost whatever the dollar amount was that you didn't know about. Right. Right. Cause when you ain't got no bread, you get a mattress according to simply what you can afford. Right. Like you go in, you're like, Hey man, I got $500 left to get this mattress. I once had a $150 mattress. No lie. I bought a mattress for that was a $150 mattress. Cause you know what? I had $150 to get that mattress, you know, but then you get a little bit more money or, you know, you get a woman and now all of a sudden you're not allowed to just go out here and catch this catch can as it comes to the mattress. No, 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 no. You don't do that, right? Trust me on this. Spend however much money you can afford on the mattress. I got me a, I got me an expensive piece of machinery in there, right? Costs a lot of money. I'm not trying to flex. I'm just telling you, it's a great idea. Especially as you get old, right? But there was a time that somebody would suggest to you, now this isn't what mine costs, but uh somebody would suggest to you that you pay $2,500 for a mattress. And I understand that a lot of y'all haven't paid $2,500 for a mattress. I'm not stunting on you. I'm just telling you. There's somebody in this room, there's somebody listening to this that understands what I'm talking about. Somebody would suggest to you the idea of a $2,500 mattress, and you're like, this is ridiculous. Why would you ever pay that much money for it? talk to the people that pay $2,500 for a mattress and ask them if they will ever spend less than $2,500 on a mattress again. They wouldn't like you think you, you think you doing good. You can do better. That's what it is with a lot of these coats. Like I'm sure you can get a very good coat for less than $800. I'm positive, but I'm going to tell you this. It feel like it feel like minus seven. Outside, and I don't know what your four hundred dollar coat doing, but I tell you my eight hundred dollar coat is holding up seriously, yeah, so like oh you there's your eight hundred dollar coat and maybe you' talking somebody that can't afford I don't know maybe you talking to somebody who'd be flexing on you about how much money they spent on their coat I don't know I'm not that person I'm just telling you, I know I'm warm. You might have been sending that tweet, with your thumb's shaking like hell. Looking like you're trying to win a tackle battle in Tecmo Bowl because it's so cold outside. Anyway, let us move on to your questions. There we go. There it is. Is the Jesse? I don't even know how to say the man's last name, to be honest. I've been reading their last name for like 20 years, and I don't know how to say it. Is it Smollett? I don't know, but is that story the new normal? Um, no, that story is not the new normal. Um, what, like, what about it? Are we classifying as being the new normal or more accurately, like, What are we classifying as normal? Um, there's certainly, and we've read about this, it's been discussed many times. There is a rise in hate crimes. Um, in this country um this is happening is becoming more prevalent this is like this is yeah this is happening um i don't know what i think necessarily of the idea of calling it the new normal um and so my man says by normal i meant the prevalence of hate crimes i don't know i don't have a great answer for that um I tell you this though. Yeah, I don't know. And I think it's kind of a, like a, a disheartening idea that what is alleged is something that you just going to have to like take for granted. Although Yeah, I don't know. Um I'm curious to see how this all plays out though. Like how the police handle it, what they ultimately uncover, if they are able to find somebody. Like as of right now, the things there are to say about that are kind of readily obvious. Like there's nothing that we haven't said, like, wow, beating people up for being black and or gay is really, really bad. You know, like there's, there's nothing really like new or unique to uh, to say about it in that regard. And whether the prevalence of hate crime as it stand, how long is that going to go on? I really have no idea, um, but I am not at a place yet where I would call it the new normal. And maybe it's just because I'm not comfortable with the idea of saying so. Appreciate the question. Let me see what we got here. Did people forget what Ted Bundy did? Or are they just not acknowledging how crazy he was? Yeah, there's a lot of like Ted Bundy content that's out there now. Because I guess we're on like anniversary. What was it his execution? Or is it, the, I think 1969 was the first time he killed somebody. So maybe it was that. I don't know. I've watched a couple of these Ted Bundy um stories and yeah it's some, like crazy depraved stuff but to ask have people forgotten like how crazy he was no that's the whole reason they got the stories is because of how crazy he was like that's the hook that's that's in part while we're there the thing with me about Bundy and I saw somebody write this a big part of why Bundy was able to pull this off just really had to do with white privilege. Like, it was just the idea that he did not look like someone who would kill people in the eyes of a lot of people. Like, he wasn't some sort of criminal genius or mastermind. Like, he was like, on your your classic, I went to law school asshole. And so, yeah, he wasn't like especially brilliant as much as they were primitive times, which limited the kind of investigation that they could do. Like if Ted Bundy was out here living right now, they would have had Ted Bundy after one of these because the game was just like completely different in that way. But no, nobody's forgetting how crazy he is. The only thing about like the thing that's distasteful is like presenting him as like they're basically presenting him like he liked the alt-right of serial killers. Does That make sense. Like, you know, when they was writing all them stories about the alt-right, and they were talking about how, you know, whether well, they're well-dressed and all that stuff like that. You know, like, ignoring... Like, as if that made what they were saying any, like, different. That's kind of what it is with Ted Bundy. Like, yo, Ted Bundy's a serial killer. But he was good-looking. What? And? And what he did at that, at that uh, sorority house in Tallahassee is one of the, like, more horrific things. I know. Uh... <laughs> Wow. I I don't understand a whole lot about that. Wow. Yeah. All right. Appreciate the question. Let me see what else you got here. Yeah. You guys can throw some more questions in here. Is buying a $238 million apartment in New York just a flex? Yeah, man. Somebody like bought an apartment in New York city for $238 million. Now, is that a flex? I mean, I don't know what else it can be other than a flex. Like why? Like I'm blown away by the idea that I'm assuming that if you do this, you have some reasonable presumption that at some point you're going to be able to sell it for more money. Also, how does that mortgage application go? I mean, I understand the man got all this money and everything else. and Who knows? Maybe he bought cash, but they'll never spend nothing in cash. How how many references you got to have to get a a mortgage for $238 million? Do you put down a $50 million down payment? Like you got to show up to closing with the check? Cashier's check, by the way. Yeah, that's just. So. I was like, Miami puts you intimately in touch with how much money you don't have. New York. Puts you intimately in touch with how much money other people have, and man, other people got pretty dog. They got pretty Appreciate the question. Hear about the risen Ghostface horror flick predictions on the plot. Say what? Risen and Ghostface are doing a horror movie. Like so, when you say that the and Ghostface are doing a horror movie, are they doing like the score for a horror movie? Are they writing the horror movie? Are they going to be in the horror movie? Someone please tell me a little bit more about this. And I ask in part that you tell me a little more about this because, all right, writing and producing. Okay, so here's the thing: what's scary to me. It's not necessarily scary to you, said Rod said Rod. Now there's some like pretty standard things that you get in horror movies or whatever it is. I don't know if I want to know what Ghostface finds to be horror. And it's called Angel of D- So basically. Angel of Dust is what it's called. Are you telling me that RZA and Ghostface are about to write an Angel Dust movie? You telling me Ghostface is gonna write a movie about being on Angel Dust? Because that's what that sounds like to me. Is that what this is gonna be? Because I ain't gonna lie, if it is, I'm in. Like I'm, 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 I'm down to check that out. Um, I imagine that go. Wow, wow. Ghostface is like. I, like, I've never met Ghostface. I know some people that know Ghostface, but I don't know him. I will say that the conclusion I have drawn is that somehow Ghostface is the dude on Ghostface records. Like, that, I don't... That's not a character. Like, that's who that person is. And I find that to be amazing. Like, he really is Ghostface. And, like, the thing for me with Ghostface, I could imagine Ghostface making a horror movie about waiting on the pregnancy test results. Because depending on the woman, I could imagine him being horrified. Keep in mind, this is a dude who did a song about engaging in a sexual act with his son's pregnant, soon to be baby mama. And when his son walked in and was mad, he socked him in the face and then gave him some money to go to the store to get a 40 and to put a stake, get a stake to put over his eye. Yeah. This happened. Ah, from the chat room, I am see that a few of you guys didn't get around to listening to only Bill for Cuban links too. The only May one goes, guys. The only May one goes. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else we got here. Why do you think news organizations often avoid labeling racist things racist? Are they that scared of white people? Let me ask you a question. Why are you limiting that to news organizations? Uh, You know, and it comes up with news organizations because they like to jump on that, what they call it, racially charged. Like that is the euphemism to avoid saying racism that uh, we see a lot in the news. But I believe that this is. This is the news agencies taking their cues from society. And white people are really afraid of calling anything at all racist. And here's why. At once, I believe white people know that racism is really, really bad. White people also know that racism is. Everywhere in this bad boy. So the options that they're then left with or that many are left with is to either acknowledge that racism is really bad or acknowledge that racism is everywhere. Because if you then have to acknowledge both. How can it be everywhere? If racists are few and far between. Right. And that's the part that people are comfortable with. And I think that this gets lost in the the in the mainstream discussion of racism. Like you think about people, ain't really got that much of a problem in most places in this country talking about the civil rights movement and segregation. And they can do that in very throaty terms, in large part, because now that is from a bygone era. But number two, not only is it from a bygone era, if you're from the north, that ain't about you. That's about them. It allows you to otherize racism. And I find white folks is real good at talking about racism when they can put it far, 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 far away. Anything that gets a little close, people like a little, they're a little dicey. They don't quite know exactly what to do on that. They don't. But no, they're not good with the idea of calling something racist. Like, we're not even talking about a person. Like, in the case of the smaller dude, we're talking about, an allegation that he was beaten and a noose and a, like a rope was tied around his neck and that he was called racial slurs like that is the allegation. So I forget what I think it was entertainment tonight. They sent something out. And they referred to the attack as homophobic. And racially charged. And what made it stand out in that case is that there was no compunction about saying homophobic. Like, homophobic and racist, we would agree, are analogous terms. There was no compunction about saying homophobic, but they stopped short short on racist. Like, they didn't call it, um, wow, what kind of charge would it be? Homophobically charged? Is that what it would be? Yeah, but they don't do that. You see what I mean? Like, they can go hard there, but then when it's just about race, like, people, before you, racism is crazy common. But before you dare say that somebody or something is racist, you got to have, like, 99% confidence, even though this is so prevalent. People act like it's this grand insult to say that somebody or something is racist, even though it's all over the place. You understand? And that's the—it's thats the trick. That's the trick. So by acknowledging after the 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 pervasiveness of racism has been acknowledged, the term has then been neutered because it is never used. They're like, baby, you can't call a file every time down to court, can you? Why y'all keep filing? All right, appreciate the question. Should DL Hugley apologize to Terry Crews? I mean, I feel like that largely depends on whether you think Terry Crews is actually gonna slap the shit out of him. As he intimated, he didn't let to be clear, he didn't threaten that he would slap shit out of DL Hughley. He was playing a like a game with the words that he used, you know. But anyway, D.L. Hughley basically said that Terry name basically said Terry Crews should have slapped the shit out of the dude that groped him in this party or whatever it is. Um, and one thing that we've learned over time, man, everybody love to say what they would do in uh such a situation, right? If that was me, I would have whooped his ass. Everybody love pointing out these situations that they were not in and how they would have whooped somebody's ass in the same place. Like nobody ever hears one of those stories. And they're like, you know what? If that was me, I probably would have froze. People freeze all the time. But Dale Higgins swear up and down. He would have done that. And if he would have done that good for him, right? Uh, I applaud Jerry Cruz. Honestly, for just kinda of how forthrightly he has handled this. You know, that man ain't proud of the fact that he allowed that to happen. I mean allowed is not the way to put it, but you know what I mean, right? He's not proud of the fact that happened. He's not proud of the fact that he did not retaliate. None of those things, man. But he out here putting himself in front of all of us and allowing these idiots to say all the things that they have to say about him. You know, I don't I mean, if you got some basic sense about you, I feel like you really got no no choice but to respect what that man has done. I mean, I certainly do. Um I remember this, and this is obviously not like the same, but you'll get it. I've told this story before, but I was out with my girlfriend at the time. And we went to to the pancake spot in Charlotte. So we in the booth and she had a friend who was meeting us there. So a friend came, another woman. And so we had a waiter that had been serving us while we was there. And then at some point, my man was like, yo, you want to refill on that coffee? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm looking at the cup. And while I'm looking at the cup, my man is like about to pour the coffee on the table. I was like, yo. He's like, oh, my bad. I was uh, looking at something. But like this whole way, I'm looking at the cup. So I don't really so much know what's going on. Man, it turned out that dude was scoping my girl out, man. And the thing is, he knew that was my girl because I was there with her before the other one got there. Right. But I realized it too late, right? So what was I going to do? Call the manager? What was I going to do? Go fight him? No, man. I just had to sit there and take that L. You know, and I told that story to people, They're like, man, I would have done that. Man, okay. Okay. Good for you. Yeah. 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 You, 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 you'd, you'd have started the ruckus all up in the pancake house. Got you, buddy. Got you. I got no satisfaction out of, out of not tipping him. I did not tip him, just to be clear. Add y'all the line there. You know, but a whole bunch of y'all, when y'all hear that story, y'all be like, man, if that was me, Da, 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 and even me in telling the story, I feel the need to point out that I didn't actually see what was going on. You know, Terry Crews is like, damn, all that. I was at a party and this man came and grabbed my crotch. And I froze and I had to take it because that man had power and there was nothing I could do about it. Hey, man, that ain't no easy thing to say. It's not. And yeah, maybe all y'all would have slapped the dude. Yeah, okay, that's it. But that big old man did not. And keep in mind that the point that big old man is making is imagine how vulnerable women are if this could happen to him, right? You don't want no parts of it with Terry Crews? None. And I tell you this about Terry Crews too. We had Terry Crews, uh, we did an interview with him on Highly Questionable when I was on there. And like Terry, a big dude, Terry also, like, liked to point out that he a big dude. And Terry also likes to point out that you're not a big dude. He's that guy. And so he's the dude that be out there, like, popping his pecs up in your face and stuff. He did this in the interview. Like, he's the dude who does that stuff. And then he wound up being the dude who got grabbed up in the party, right? Don't you think for a second that that didn't cross his mind or that sort of thing didn't cross his mind when it happened? Like, he's that guy. He flex on people in that way. And then in that moment, what could he do? Nothing, right? He's that big old dude. He way bigger probably than this other cat. And he couldn't do a thing. And if that dude Couldn't do a thing. That dude who will flex on you couldn't do a thing. Then Imagine what it's like for these other people. Because what can they do? Appreciate the question. See what else you got. With deep fake technology and face swap becoming even more powerful, is that what's finally gonna get Facebook out of here come election time? I don't know. Like the the the, the misinformation, the disinformation, whichever prefix you supposed to use on it, that game about to get wild for this election that I am already dreading. Um here's my when I was a kid, if a company got as big as Facebook or Amazon or Google or those got. They'd break it up. I actually think for Facebook, they'd be better off getting broken up than what I think is ultimately going to happen, which is the company's going to collapse upon itself. Like that's where I think is going to happen. It's going to collapse upon itself if it's not saved from itself by being broken up by regulatory agencies. Like it's a tenuous place. And the thing about it is. I wonder, honestly, if what's going to happen with Facebook is there's going to be a revolution because people don't want to be there, but they are. And the big advantage of Facebook is that everybody's there, which then makes it kind of an essential utility because unless everybody goes to something else, Facebook always has that value in that way. But it's people like, people are offended by what Facebook is doing. People feel violated by the way that Facebook is kicking it. And if people keep feeling that way, while also feeling trapped and like they don't have any other option, you know. And I understand why somebody we hear me say this right now and think that maybe I'm talking in terms that are a bit dramatic. But I think you feel me here. Like if people feel trapped, they're gonna break free. But what does a revolution against Facebook look like? I feel like we're gonna find out. Appreciate the question. Let's see what we got. Since you enjoy left on left beef and political jokes, there's no candidate having even 10% in the latest poll for the Democratic primary excites you. No, nothing about this excites me. I just want to get to the end. I don't know. No, I don't find any excitement here. I mean, I'm not surprised that nobody has more than 10%. You know why? Because it's January of 2019. The election ain't even till next year. Yeah. Most people don't know who the hell these people are overwhelmingly. Like now they're being introduced to these people by this time in 2020, which if you have not heard, is the year there will actually be an election. It'll probably be just a little bit different. The thing I will say, though, that'll make this different than the Republican primary of 2016, which, by the way, was absolutely hilarious until it wasn't. Um, You ain't really got them wild cards in place here. Like, There ain't going to be nobody in there that's wilding out in that way. You got a handful of people that know they got no chance to win and they're going to be out there like on their platform like the little dude. Uh, The mayor of South Bend, I honestly don't know if he's a little dude. I'd be calling people little dudes without knowing nothing about him. But the mayor of South Bend, you know, like, he knows he can't win. But he's going to get out there and push his message or whatever it is. Okay, cool. Um, I saw somebody else that was going to be in it that didn't have no chance to win. I can't remember who it was. But anyway, yeah, but you need a wild card, man. We need somebody in here that's out here wilding. Somebody that's going to be take, like, taking people to task. Basically, what Bernie Sanders would be except for the fact that Bernie Sanders actually thinks he can win. and I'm not saying he can't. I'm just saying it's a little different because he thinks he can. I appreciate the question. Let's see what else we got. Yes, living corporate, that's what we need. Where is he? Anybody seen him? The rent is too damn high? What's his name, Jimmy? We need Jimmy in this election, because for real, yo, the rent is too damn high. I honestly don't understand why that dude didn't win. No matter who you are in New York, no matter how much money you got, that's something we can all agree on. The rent is too damn high. I'm really, Jimmy McMillan. That's what it is. Can somebody look up if he's still in the league? Let me know. Okay. He is still in the league. Yeah, man. Somebody go find him. I feel like I could make him the president of the United States. No matter what it is that y'all want to talk about, the rent is too damn high. No matter where you want to maneuver or push this conversation, the rent is too damn high. Who can't get behind this? All right, somebody put his wiki link in here. I'm going to go read this right now. Let's see what we can do. Uh, Yo, by the way, Jimmy doesn't look nearly as cuddly um, in his picture on the wiki as he did at that debate that I saw. Like, he might have got the fresh lineup on this one. Jimmy looked kind of ominous. Huh. He ran for governor in 2010. I should get him on the right time. He live in the city, right? Living like Flatbush? I feel like I should get him in. Oh, Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy, 72? Yeah, he could be the president. Y'all get that petition cracking. Somebody has head this in here. And I'm not going to clown. I'm just going to bring this up. He says, with the past, James Ingram, were you a fan of his music? And how would you rate him as an artist? I was not a fan of his music. I just don't listen to that kind of music so much. But, hey, man, when people die... Y'all don't need to ask me to put them in a power ranking. Like I might be inclined to do that myself, but you really, you really understand what I mean? Like, am I making sense? Whoa, Jimmy, Jimmy down with Trump. Okay. So Jimmy can primary Trump. You telling me you wouldn't watch those debates? Cause I would think about that. The rent is too damn high, dude. With a real estate developer, he'd be talking specifically about Trump. Or, hey, Trump, your rent too damn high. Get that petition cracking. Make it happen. So, I mean, what did Black History? I'll ask this. Curious what Black History Month meant to you growing up with Professor Parrots or in general. Now, aside from the like whole follow up on the question that eliminated the whole point of most of the question, what did Black History Month mean to me? Every month was black history month. What are you talking about? You know what black history month meant for me? Going to school and listen to white people awkwardly tell me a bunch of stuff that I had already known, but blew the other kids minds. Yeah, it wasn't no month in the house. Like that's what you got to understand that like if you black and you got parents that like care about that stuff. You're not learning anything new during Black History Month. Black History Month is for you to teach things to the other kids. Which is to say, it makes Black History Month really annoying. Hey, somebody said something about your man's who traveled to the North Pole. Hey, man, somebody pull up that picture of Matthew Henson in that badass coat with that pinky rag. Like, I honestly, I feel like I need to read more about Matthew Henson. I don't really give a damn about him or that white man that went to the North Pole. I'm like, I'm not impressed by this ridiculous behavior even for a moment. Like, this ain't nothing to praise. This seems stupid to me. We need to go see what's on the North Pole. No, the hell we don't. It's cold. I ain't going. Somebody get that picture and put it in the chat room of Matthew Henson. I mean, that code is so play. I don't know why I hadn't even thought about that, but it's basically every – they get Black History Month about Matthew Henson and him going to the North Pole. And I also want to know that, like, who decided when we put all this stuff together for Black History Month that we were going to give all this special commendation to this dude for going to the North Pole? Like, it was not required that he wind up making the list every year. But every book on Black History Month when I was a kid, every poster that I saw anywhere about Black History Month always has something about Matthew Henson. Matthew Henson is in every Black History Month thing, just like just about every major American city that has black people, either has a Booker T. Washington High School or a George Washington Carver Holmes. Like all of them. And Matthew Henson, he always made the cut. What's my man's name? The first uh, black dude to go to West Point. What was he the first black general? Harry O. Flipper? Y'all know about Flipper? Yeah. I ain't learned about Flipper till I got to college. But everybody knows about Matthew Henson and that player coat. Yeah, you got a picture of the coat right there. But there's the picture, not just him with the coat, but he got this fresh pinky ring. I right, Henson, apparently Henson did a lot too. It's funny, this is at hilbertcollege.edu and the first paragraph on Matthew Henson says, Matthew Henson is not a name frequently heard and one fewer would likely recognize. That's because you don't know no black people. We all know Matthew Henson and there's the picture right here, Matthew Henson with that play of ring. I'm gonna put this in here easier for some of y'all to find. He made the cut. He made the cut. It's got to be somebody else who's like, yo, I mean, I ain't go to the North Pole, but, like, I'm the first black person to, like, buy a house in North Little Rock. And I tell you, that's a lot harder than going to the North Pole. My man here he says he learned about Matthew Henson right now. Let me tell you something right now, bro. I can't tell you nothing about Matthew Henson than what I told you. He went to the North Pole. He was there with the white man. See, that's that's what it is. I get it. Like, Perry, white man, went to the North Pole, got all the credit, and they act like Matthew Henson did not go to the North Pole. So we need to remind people that Matthew Henson did, in fact, go to the North Pole. Damn, listen to this. Even as Perry received accolades, he was also the victim of doubt due to his lack of proof. However, Henson received almost no recognition and ended up as an employee at a federal customs house. In 1912, his book titled A Negro Explorer at the North Pole came out. But another 25 years have passed before he received some of the recognition he deserved. But at least they gave him some of his flowers while he was still alive. They buried him um, after many years at Arlington National Cemetery. But I'm sorry. You look at this man in this coat with this panky ring. I don't even understand how for a second somebody would try to ignore him. But again, as we talked about, there's another place, another thing that I don't understand, which is why your black ass wanted to go to the North Pole in the first place. Ladies and gentlemen. Thanks so much for joining us here on The Even Jones. Try to do this thing here once a week somewhere in there. My man Lance Gilliam handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you. Remember, if you cannot watch The Even Jones live, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the iTunes store, subscribe at Stitcher Radio. Check us out at SoundCloud. We are also at the Google Play Store. Talk to you guys probably next week. Take it easy.